Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the Senior Pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. We're living in the days of God's visitation. And so my text for this morning, Luke chapter 19, verse 41 to 44. Now this is the time when Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. And this is what he says. Now as Jesus drew near, he saw the city, the city of Jerusalem, and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. And we've seen that happen to the nation of Israel, literally closed in, literally the enemy taken over them. This has actually come to pass, and level you, your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Now, this is not prophecy waiting to be fulfilled, already fulfilled. That was the state of Israel. Because, look at what Jesus says, because you didn't know the time of your visitation. And it's so important for us to know the time of God's visitation. In the days of Jesus, they heard the, the word of God being preached with such tremendous authority. They saw the mighty miracles of God. They understood the Words that were written in the Old Testament, the prophetic words, the Torah that was there, they understood what it said about the Messiah. Yet, when Jesus came into this world in flesh, they did not see, nor did they understand the time of God's visitation. And we can be so close to truth but still miss the significance of what God wants to do, the time of their visitation. And Jesus is saying, if you only knew what causes you peace, what causes you hope and prosperity, you would have discerned the time of your visitation. You would not have missed out on it. And I believe that we are about to make the same mistake. We're so familiar with the things of God. We're so familiar with some of the scriptures. We're familiar with what Jesus did on the cross. Yet, we can miss the time of God's visitation amongst us. Very different from what you probably heard before. Yesterday, Jim Riley called me up. We had a conversation on the phone. And in my conversation with him, I said, I'm preaching on Sunday. The time of God's visitation. He says, say that again. And I said it. He says, last Sunday I preached the same message. And he quoted the same text that I'm preaching from today. And we got so excited. We kept sharing. I said, whoa, it's the same Holy Spirit. And I felt even more the significance of what I'm going to share with you this morning. And I want you to grab it with all of your heart. Throughout the Old Testament, the times of God's visitation varied from one dispensation to another. In the days of Abraham, the time of God's visitation was through angels. God would frequently assign angels to speak to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And you will constantly read in those passages of Scripture, the angel of the Lord visited them. The angel of the Lord spoke to them. It was a time of God's visitation to speak to his people through angels. But once the angels spoke to them, the angels disappeared. They no longer stayed there. They returned back to their abode. Then came the days of Moses. In the days of Moses, the time of God's visitation was a manifest presence of God. God did amazing miracles right there in the book of Exodus to demonstrate to Pharaoh and to his people that he is the great I Am. There was the manifestation of the glory of God on the tabernacle. And people saw the glory of God. They would hear the voice of God and the glory of God led them. But that glory didn't stay there all the time. The glory departed. Why? Because it was called a day and a time of visitation. You must understand the word visitation. A visitation means a short period of stay. That's what a visitation is. The angelic visitations of God was a short period to stay. The manifest presence of God in, a, in the form of a pillar and a cloud over the tabernacle was a visitation of God. Didn't stay, but lifted. Then came the days of the prophets. During the time of God's visitation, God chose men and women who were anointed, who, were, who the Spirit of God will come upon them, and they will prophesy about the state of Israel, what God was going to do in that nation. Prophets like Isaiah so far beyond that time prophesied about the coming of Jesus, prophesied the sufferings of Jesus, prophesied even about the resurrection of Jesus. There were prophets that God used. The prophets were called the voice of God to the nation. It was a time of God's visitation, and that period stopped. And then it comes to the New Testament, the days that we are living in. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, like I, I just said, from Abraham to the period of Judges, the prophets and Moses, God spoke in various ways in various times. Has in these last days, the days we are living in, has spoken to us by his Son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. The writer of Hebrews is saying that in the past, God used different ways to communicate to people. But in these days, in the days that we are living in, he chose to speak to us through his Son, Jesus. Now, if that is true, then what did Jesus say concerning our day? Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said to his disciples, I will continue this sometime later after the conference is over. This is just the initial. I feel God wants to catch our attention and not miss out on something. And so I'm sharing this part with you this morning. That when Jesus spoke, he spoke about something that was going to happen ahead of his time. John the Baptist had a, a glimpse of what Jesus came to do. He prophesied about Jesus being the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world. And he also prophesied that this Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
Jesus came, he not only fulfilled being the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this world, before he could leave, he said to the disciples, I am going to leave with you another helper. Now, we all know what that another helper is. Not another of, the, of a different kind, another of the same kind. This is one iPad, another of the same iPad. And that's what Jesus was saying. Up until the time, the disciples were so used to relating with Jesus. Every time they needed counsel, they spoke to Jesus. Jesus, they fellowship with Jesus. They interacted with Jesus. They depended on Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, they went. They followed him. And now Jesus takes them by surprise and says, I'm not going to be here any longer. I'm going. Now you would imagine if someone so close to you left, you would weep and cry and say, I'll miss you. And, and you, will, you will take time to get over it. And that was the bonding that the disciples had with Jesus. But Jesus says, don't worry, I'm going. And I'm going to send you another comforter just like me. Why am I saying that this morning? Because this is the time and the season of God's visitation, the visitation of the Holy Spirit amongst us. And we can so sideline the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He is, he is as much as God the Father and the Son is. Everything that God the Father is, God the Son is, God the Holy Spirit is, and He is the manifest presence of God in our time, in our day, and God wants to accomplish something as we begin to understand. I said this to Jim Riley last night. I said somehow every generation is one step behind what God is going to do. And it's so easy to be stuck behind what God's going to do. Yes, Jesus died on the cross for us. Yes, the ministry of Jesus is significant. But remember, he entrusted us to the Holy Spirit. It's time to know the Holy Spirit in a way you've never known him. It's time to understand, relate with him, depend upon him like the way you've never done before. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus made it possible so that the Holy Spirit will be amongst us. And we need to relate with the Holy Spirit, not just as a power, not just as wind, not just as rain. He is God. He is spirit. He is life. He is a God who manifests himself in us and amongst us. And that's why I talk to the leaders. Some of these songs that we sing, come Holy Spirit like fire, and we think, oh, one fire will come like that, and come like water. Hey, he's not water, he's not fire, he's not wind, he is a person, he's the third person of the Godhead, and he's alive, and he's amongst us every moment of the day. This is what Jesus had to say to them. In John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. The spirit of truth. You want to know truth? There's only one person who can give you the truth. His name is the Holy Spirit. You want to know how the Holy Spirit looks like? He looks just like Jesus. You can't contain him, but he, he can handle you, and more than you he can handle. And I thought to myself, right there in the book of Genesis, when God spoke, 
It was the Holy Spirit that hovered around the world, and everything that God spoke, the Holy Spirit brought life. And I'm talking about the same Holy Spirit that when God speaks, He is the initiator. He is the creator of life on the inside of you and me. We don't know. We have not discerned the time of God's visitation. We play the fool with the Holy Spirit. We, we take Him for granted. Jesus goes on to say, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, because he dwells with you and will be in you. That he is not about Jesus, it's about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit as a person. The world can't know the Holy Spirit because they can't see him, they can't discern him. That he dwells in you, and he also dwells with you. The visitation of God is no longer just a visitation, it's an inhabitation of God. The visitation of God is the inhabitation of God dwelling on the inside of us. And he's here to stay till Jesus comes back. This is not another visitation of God. This is the last visitation of God where God is inhabiting people. Jesus said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And we're living in those days of God's visitation where God wants to dwell, baptize us with the Holy Spirit. On that day of Pentecost, God established a new partnership between us and the Holy Spirit. That's what Pentecost is all about. We have made Pentecost about speaking in tongues. And there are so many noisy Christians but empty heads and empty spirits. All they know how to do is make a noise but produce no fruit. We have watered down the purpose of the Pentecost. The purpose of a Pentecost is that Jesus is establishing a relationship, a partnership between you and me. Partnership between him and the church. When the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, from that day onwards, listen to this carefully, wherever the disciples went, God went with them. Wherever the disciples walked, God walked. Whenever the disciples testified about Jesus, God confirmed it because God was with them and God was in them. And for them, that was what Pentecost is all about. Pentecost is not about speaking in tongues and going back to living life the way it was. Pentecost was meant to transform you. Pentecost was meant to fill us with the Holy Spirit that we will become world changers for the kingdom of God. Now you've got to ask yourself, did you get the real thing? The Apostle Paul describes this experience of God dwelling in us as a mystery. When the Bible talks about mystery, it's not talking about something that's mysterious that we cannot understand. A mystery is something that can be revealed by truth. It's a mystery, but now it's revealed. Truth unfolds that mystery. And this is what the mystery that the Apostle Paul says is in these days. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. We need to understand this mystery. 
this mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. Say to someone next to you, God is speaking to you. Now what is it saying? This mystery was hidden from Abraham, from Moses, from the prophets and all the men that God raised in the Old Testament. It was hidden from them. But now it has been revealed to who? To us as saints. To them God will. To us God will. This is the visitation of God. This is what God determined in these days and in this time. That we would know what the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, among people who do not know God, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. None of the saints, none of the, the great men and women of God in the old times understood this. This mystery was kept unpacked for you and me. Sometimes as Christians, we're still living Old Testament. We still relate to God through the law. We still want to think of God as being distant. The mystery revealed to us as saints is Christ dwelling in you which is the hope of glory. You know, when the people of Israel saw the manifest glory of God over the tabernacle, it gave them hope that God was with them. They had to see the glory of God. And God would speak to them because what they saw of God's glory was reassuring for them. But in the New Testament, our hope doesn't depend on what we see it depends on us believing the glory of God that's on the inside of us. You understood what I'm saying? Their hope came by what they saw outside of God as God's glory manifest. Our hope comes from understanding the glory of God that's manifest in us. And every time you realize that Christ is dwelling on the inside, hope should rise on the inside of you. Expectation must rise within you. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. Wherever the Ark went, the presence of God went. How many of you read that in the Bible? The Ark carried the manifest presence of God wherever they went. They were going to battle. They would make sure they would carry the Ark because it gave them the assurance of victory. The times they never carried the Ark of God's presence, they lost badly to the enemy. They lived defeated lives. But the mystery in the New Testament is that God has made you, God has made us the living, walking tabernacle of the presence of God because Jesus is the ark of the presence dwelling on the inside of us. The point is, do we carry the ark of God's presence wherever we go? Or do we wait on a Sunday morning to encounter His presence? Hey, that's Old Testament. You don't come to church to encounter His presence. You come to church because you bring the presence of God in. You like to say this after me? I am the living, walking tabernacle of God because the ark of God's presence dwells in me. And Jesus is that ark of the presence of God. You like to say it again? I am the living, walking tabernacle of God because the ark of God's presence dwells in me. You know, just as the blood of bulls and animals had to sanctify the, the tabernacle, and today, 
The blood of Jesus has sanctified you, the tabernacle of God. We got a better deal. Do you realize you got a better deal? You really believe that? Shout it out. I got a better deal. We got a better deal. We got to be the tabernacle. We got to have the ark dwelling in us. You see, the New Testament church lived a different life from what today's church is because they understood the mystery that was revealed to them as saints. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, But we have this treasure, which treasure? The ark of God's presence in jars of clay. That's our bodies to show that the surpassing power, that means the power that's demonstrated through us is surpassing beyond human understanding, belongs to God and not to us. The demonstration of God that flows from within us has nothing to do with who we are, but has to do with the ark of God's presence manifest in the life of every individual. We pray this useless prayer. Forgive my language. It's useless, but God come with me. Hey, he's always with you. He didn't leave you from the beginning of time. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you forever. Where do we learn these prayers? God, come with me. I'm going on a bus. Come with me. I'm going to home. Come with me. God, I'm going to shopping. Come with me. Hey, you come. I mean, where did we get the theology from? We miss the day of God's visitation, because we still not understood the importance, the value that in this day and in this time, the visitation of God never leaves you. He inhabits you and he goes wherever you go. Somebody shout an amen. You will miss the blessing of God. You will miss the miracles of God. You will miss the life of God only because we have never understood the time of our visitation. Hear this. This is the voice of God to you. We can fall into the same trap that the Jews did. Have Jesus walk with them but never understand that he is the visitation. God, Jesus was the visitation of God for them at that time. We can have the Holy Spirit amongst us and miss the visitation of God, of his purpose in us. We have this treasure in this jar of clay. There's no jars here. Give me that dustbin and take whatever is available. You see, no one has robbed us. This has been around for so long, nobody has robbed this dustbin. You know why? Because all you get if you rob it is rubbish and there's no rubbish in it, you only get a tin. But if I put gems, and if I put diamonds in this, first of all, I won't keep it there. <laughs> I'll hide it under the stage. I will protect it with all that I have because I, have, because I know diamonds are in it. If you only knew the treasure you carry, you will protect it. You will protect it. I said you will protect it. You will protect it if you only knew the treasure that you carry on the inside of you. Losing my suitcase or nothing. I didn't want to lose the treasure on the inside of me. The value of this dustbin depends on what's put on the inside of it. And suddenly when this is filled with diamonds, every one of you will want to buy it. I like this dustbin. It's a nice dustbin. I'll give you whatever you want. Why? Because the worth of this dustbin depends what is on the inside of it. 
you're not an ordinary individual. You're significant because of the value and the worth that God has placed on the inside of you. When you understand the treasure that's on the inside of you, you don't walk this earth as another human being. You don't walk this world with thoughts of rejection. You are valuable. You are valuable. Tell someone next to you, I am valuable. I am valuable. You are significant. The world needs you because you carry a treasure that the world does not know about. The value of this dustbin depends on what you put on the inside of it. The value of who you are and what you will become and what God will do depends on the treasure you protect on the inside of you. You know, for us, for a little bit of money and a little bit of promotion, we will trade the treasure on the inside for that job. We will trade the treasure on the inside for some monetary blessing. But you don't know what you've traded. You think the devil is out to tempt you to get you dancing with women and get you with the, around the booze bottle to keep you entertained. He, he puts those booze bottles before you. He puts those naked women in front of you. And now not only naked women, naked men in front of you. You know why? He's after the treasure on the inside. He wants that treasure because he knows that treasure in you makes you valuable. Just to give you a glimpse of what happens when the ark of God's presence is tabernacled in, the body, in our body. In 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 2, this is what happened. The enemy stole the, the ark of God's presence. You remember that story? Let me read it for you. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Dagon was the god they worshipped. Big statue. They put, put the ark of God's presence right there. Dagon. Bad mistake they made. They did it. And it says in verse 3, And when the people of Ashdod rose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. Stand up. Prompt him up. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. This time, the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were broken off on a threshold. Also, Dagon's throso, only Dagon's throso was left of it. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor anyone who came into Dagon's house traded on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. And you carry the, uh, the presence, the ark of God's presence. The Dagons who stand before you will fall like a pile of potatoes. You don't have to live in the fear of the enemy anymore. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear sickness. You don't have to fear anything. When you are in touch with the enemy, the enemy falls flat down. How many of you want to live New Testament? How privileged that God chose us in this time, in this generation, to experience the full visitation of God and the purposes of God on this earth before He comes. And I'm saying this again. There is not going to be any more visitations because this is the last visitation. God inhabiting His people. The next one will be in heaven. We will all be on Trinity Airlines. Free, of course. You know what Trinity Airlines is? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit will rapture us. That's it. Done. Finished. The day of Pentecost, 
God didn't give them another set of commandments. He didn't say the old commandments of Moses is over. He says, no more commandments. I'm giving you a person. I'm giving you a person. And this person will watch over you wherever you go. He will be behind you. He will be with you. He will be around you. He'll be in you. And he will never leave you. That's what Pentecost is all about. Jesus said to them, I'm going to send what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you be clothed with power from on high. And I'll keep that for another Sunday. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, he entrusted the most precious person of the Godhead to you and me. What are we doing with it? What are we doing? Have we have a, do we have a revelation? Do we understand the time of visitation that we're living in? Do we understand the purpose? When people believed in Jesus, they saw miracles because it was a time of their visitation. When you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, you will see miracles because this is the time of our visitation. You can't bypass him because this is God's time of visitation. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.